Star Owls Daily. Up to the minute Sheffield Wednesday news from the Star in Sheffield. Just when you thought Sheffield Wednesday were back on smoother ground, it's a case of getting the monk on, then getting the monk out, as Gary the Gaffer has shown the door after a little more than a year in charge. Welcome to the Star Owls Daily, where we've pressed the emergency podcast button for a late night recording. I'm Liam Horden. Joining me first is Joe Cran. Joe, it seems like only a few hours ago we were saying everything were quiet. Yeah, I should should know by now, really, shouldn't I? Um, it's, yeah, it's just it's ridiculous. I, I was I would I'd, I'd pack my laptop away. I was going to have a glass of wine, and then obviously this this happens. And like I said, we should probably know better with Wednesday that there's no such thing as a quiet week. Certainly shouldn't. Certainly shouldn't. Somebody who knows all about it not being a quiet week, Alex Miller, who should be off this week. Alex. Yeah, I was having a lovely week. We just uh, sat having a few beers. Watching a preview for the golf and, and picking my selections for who, was, who I was going to bet on for the Masters this week. Uh, and, and yeah, called in on an emergency, but uh, it, it keeps the blood pumping all this. Isn't it? Certainly, certainly does. Completing our panel, it's uh, the Stars football editor, Chris Hall. How are you, Chris? I'm all right, Liam. I'm, I feel like I'm a veteran of this. Like yeah, I'm, well, I'm, 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 I'm here to to show the young lads that this is this is what happens <laughs> you know it's a big deal when, when Chris comes in don't you this is, this is serious business now he's a man of experience I tell you what at least it wasn't Christmas Eve put yes. it that way I was going to say we have been here before but yeah no, thank, thank goodness it's uh, it's not that one so yes lads very much Surprising news, I think it's fair to say. Gary Monk relieved of his duties on uh, this late Monday evening uh, after a little more than a year in charge. Joe, as we said, we thought it was going to be a quiet week. Fed said that this is a bit of a surprise. I think it's a surprise in, in terms of the timing. Um, you know, I, I think most Wednesdayites, if, if Gary Monk had gone after the Wickham game, would have gone, yeah, fair enough, I could see that one coming. Um, but the fact that they went and beat Bournemouth, they got the six points back, they you know, put in a decent performance, even though they, they didn't beat Millwall. Um, it did feel like uh, you know another sort of turn of the corner moment. So the fact that, um, that they've sort of pulled the trigger now, I think is, is a surprise. But that being said, international break, isn't it? So when you look at the, the timing from a, from a logistical perspective... Um, the club have now got a couple of weeks to try and get someone in through the door and you know they'll be open to a, try and have that done before the Preston game Can you understand it Alex? Uh, yeah I think so I think it, um, it it felt like the walls were sort of closing in on him there's been a sort of a number of occasions really and certainly since since Christmas where things just seem to be getting better but it was all too fleeting Um and yeah, it was sort of it was it was only for a week or, or two, and then sort of everything got downtrodden. I think the writing was on the wall, and so it's proved to be after that that week uh, with the with the defeats against Luton, Rotherham, and, and Wickham. It just felt that there was just far too much for him to do really to get the fans back on board. Um, and obviously, having you know when we spoke to. Mr. Chancery during the week, you know, him saying that the the target was still the, the playoffs. Um, yeah, it, it just felt as if things were just getting a little bit too too tight for Monk. And um, I've, I've just written a piece now, you know, I think he's a good bloke. He's a determined bloke. He, I think he's a brave manager. He's proven that with a number of the decisions that he's made at Wednesday. Um, 
but that that matters little. I think you know it was, it was always going to be a big job. He said that himself, and uh, I think it's an even bigger net, bigger job now for for whoever comes in. Chris, obviously you'll take a, a more broader view of things. Uh, obviously, in all the football content at the start, how have you looked upon this? Yeah, just like the lads, I said, it's if you look at his record, you know, it, in isolation, it's not a surprise. You know, in fact, it's probably a surprise that it's it's taken this long for the, for the decision to be made. It just caught us off guard a little bit because I think. We had obviously the decision to half the points deficit last week. Chancery um, had a press conference on Thursday. Gary Monk had the same had a press conference the same day. This coming off the back of a good result against Bournemouth, they had a decent result again at the weekend against Millwall, and we kind of thought maybe he's just giving them a little ti- a little bit of time. But I, I don't know. It, it's it's one of those things, and we're never going to know for sure why he's taking the decision at this point um, because I don't think he'll ever Chancery will ever tell us but we're just coming up to that I was just I was just we're just talking kind of off air there before we're just coming into that period when other chairmen started to get a little bit jittery and once you reach that point then you're all kind of fishing in the same pool for the same kind of managers the same level of of manager and I think Chelsea is thought to himself I'm going to strike first here and get in because there are a few very capable managers not in work at the minute there are a few others who who are who could possibly be prized away and um, and Chelsea could well have thought to himself I need to get in here now before somebody else sacks our manager and, move, and moves in for the type of, of target we would be having it's an interesting one as well. I was thinking about this earlier in terms of the the reduction of the points deduction, and we said it's like we were talking about it last week and suggesting that it's given Wednesday a little bit more of a cushion, a little bit more greater margin for error in how to go forward. And maybe looking at the the managerial situation, there's a feeling that Wednesday cannot can afford a change at this point because. If it takes a new someone new to uh, to come in and, and it takes them a while to, to get settled in and, and things don't they don't immediately hit the ground running, there is that margin forever now that wasn't there uh, just just a week ago. Uh, Wednesday were falling woefully behind and uh, and sort of any any sort of stuttering in the steps then would would have been catastrophic. So maybe now at this point then. They have got that bit of leeway with a new man. Even if it takes a while for someone to come in, we'll, we'll, we'll find out what what's going to happen. But um, there is that opportunity now that Wednesday have got where they can can kind of afford a little bit of a jitter before they uh, before they stride on. Yeah, that's a good point. I think it, it, all the possibility that is the chance his um, ambitions may have changed as well. He may have thought to himself. Gary Monk might have been the man to help us out with the relegation squad, but actually, I want now we've had the point half the points come back to us. I want to be shooting further up the table, and maybe he doesn't feel like when, Gary Monk to do a, that. So I was going to say Wednesday might might be a bit more of an appealing prospect now as well. You know, in terms of the managers you can sort of try and get into the club um, when it's six points rather than twelve. You know, I think that the pool they're working in of, of people who would be up for that scrap is probably got a little bit bigger as of last week. Yeah, I suppose you're not necessarily needing somebody who's kind of desperate for an opportunity 
to get back in or somebody who's desperate for an opportunity to step up you're looking for a manager who can actually see things as a as a long term and, and, and maybe a safe bet I don't think Sheffield Wednesday has been a safe bet for a long time but yeah, yeah I can see see what you mean uh, from uh, from that point of view be interesting as well Chan Seaver could well well have his next man lined up already uh, something could have come about in the last few days that has got him into a position where he feels now's the time to make that jump and, and he's got somebody ready to, to, to line up I think a lot of what's happened tonight will will sort of come out in the wash over the next few days so it'll be uh, be, uh, be interesting to see what, what's coming uh, for the remainder of this week uh, and maybe into next week as well Alex um, you've sort of been on the ground for the for the entirety of uh, Gary Mulch reign how would you assess things looking back seems to be very much a, a story filled with plenty of different chapters yeah big time just incredibly stop start you know everything was going great guns wasn't it you know I think his first eight matches um, at Hillsborough was unbeaten and you know they can only dream of that now uh, it feels a very very long time ago that that was the case and Obviously, third at Christmas, that, that's sort of the line in a, a stat that, that has been thrown around quite a lot and, and just sort of, I don't know, paints a picture on how far Wednesday have fallen, this, this dramatic sort of never-ending sort of free-fall that they've had. Um, he's had an incredible job on, hasn't he? I think turning over the, the, the squad, which I think most supporters and, and those around the club would maybe accept that needed to be done it was an ageing squad um, still sort of suffering the effects of you know coming close in in fits and starts sort of all those years ago under Carlos and um, how he went about it obviously freezing out Kieran Westwood and Sam Hutchinson mid-season both big prominent members of the changing room so we gather both fan favourites that's a big call. You know, that's what I mean about him being brave. He made a number of brave decisions, you know, talking about, you know, I, I promise you I'll, I'll, I'll build you a team that you can be proud of. Changing the way that, you know, the formation, um, when they when they came back from the lockdown and, you know, there's quite a lot of sort of brave decisions and he has tried different things. But, um, yeah, like I said, just very, very stop-start. Stop I think... It felt a little bit, and this isn't with hindsight. I wrote, I wrote something at the time that actually, it got back to me that, that Gary Monk wasn't pleased with <laughs> um, that when it, it wasn't when they were third, but they were certainly in the playoff positions. It, it felt a little bit false, I think, um, in that they were winning a lot of games, sort of scrappy, sort of one nils, and, and they were getting a little bit of luck on the way and. And my word, how, how that sort of turned on its head. You know, for, for everything you say about Gary Monk, you can you cannot say that he's been a lucky manager since Christmas. You know, with injuries to really, really key players. You know, going back to Stephen Fletcher, Barry Bannon was was playing more or less injured throughout the whole of last season. You know, more recently, look at Massimo Luongo. Um, you know, the the small matter of a global pandemic. You know, when he set out on this transition and, and bombing out the likes of Westwood and, and Hutchinson, he, he would have done so with a transfer budget in mind that will have extended far beyond, you know, £500,000 for, for Callum Patterson and £500,000 for Josh Windass. Um, you know, the, the difficulties of, of having to play so many games in, in a short time and, and the injuries and the, 
the fatigue that come with that with a small squad. Fletcher, Fox, Forestieri, all saying that they weren't going to complete the season. He's not had it easy. Um, whether or not he's made it easy for himself is is something to be debated. I think many people would say that he, he's made it tougher for himself. Um, but yeah, it, you know, <laughs> the, the, I think there were there were encouraging signs up until Christmas. I wouldn't say that they were a team that were ever properly, rightly considered to be you know promotion candidates um, at the time but um, yeah for, to see how far it's fallen um, it, you know it's, it's it just something had to give didn't it um, and it, it could have it could have ended a lot you know the press conference that he gave after the the 5-0 defeat at Brentford was incredible he sort of almost suggested that you know he accepted that he might not be in the dugout you know who, he said whoever's here in the summer is going to have the same problems that I've got um, whether it's me or someone else. So that sort of paints his own picture. You know, it's, it's unusual to hear a manager sort of have that acceptance. Um, and then obviously the pandemic hit and, and everything sort of restarted. So perhaps that was a stroke of luck on his part. But yeah, um, just sort of went went from encouraging and nothing more um, to awful in parts. You know, two 5 nil defeats and all the rest of it. It, it just got... Worse and worse, and like I say, that analogy of the walls closing in on him, I think, is, is quite fitting. It's sort of been a, a slow and painful death for him in the end. Well, surprising thing for the way they got face on with you at one point, Alex. That uh, I thought you were being mates with Gary. Although, what, once or twice, once or twice. He, he was quite forgiving. Yeah. Um, but yeah, once or twice. Uh, uh, you know, and, and there is this sort of thing that he's had an easy time from the media. I think. You know, the, the, he's more than just a star, of course. And I think people are, you know, we were quite sort of supportive of the job that he did ha- did have on. Um, but yeah, I think you know, once that that sort of, I don't know, the uptick at the start of the season from that Cardiff result and all the rest of it from him bringing in his own staff and stuff. Uh, you know, I think, like I say, I think the writing was on the wall. Another other cliches, too numerous to mention. Um, I think on in that the end, one, and, and yet yeah. on that on that thing of being. So not, not uh, like sympathetic with him and things like that as, as a media perspective. I think the thing is that it it felt like it were it were right to give him the benefit of the doubt at times, particularly in that restart period when he talked so much about the project and what he wanted to do and how he wanted to change that culture. It, it I, I certainly were, were convinced by him at, the, at that point. I, I went in a lot of those post match press conferences at that point, and what he said rang true, and and, and there were a lot of sense in it and, and, and it felt justified that he was saying these things and, and felt like this guy does deserve this opportunity to uh, to attempt to usher this new era in at Sheffield Wednesday um, and this is it you, sometimes when you're when you're in the media well all the time when you're in the media you've got to try and take the emotion out of it and, it, and it's easy to be frustrated by performances and certainly the, the, the three horrendous performances recently the three horrendous results rather it, it was then when you were starting to think that, that, that you, you understood that, that, that thing, time was running out at that point if, if things carried on that way but I don't think that there were a period where it felt like this guy does deserve this opportunity this chance to, to change things around um, and I think ultimately the problem was that it didn't look like that much had changed um, I don't know what you think Joe you, you obviously watched on his, his early days from uh, from afar um, what, what did you make to the appointment in the first place I um, I was actually sort of 
I was quite optimistic when he came in. Um, obviously, look at the the game night, and I think think you've got got to give you've got to give people you've got to give people a little people a little bit of benefit of the doubt, especially when they're you know young co trade and that kind of thing. I wanted to touch on on, to touch on the stuff you were talking about on on, on him and, and not taking the hard line. I I think there's there's sometimes a, an idea that. Um, you spoke about sort of taking the emotion out of it. I think there's sometimes an idea that that fans want want journalists to sort of get angry at managers. Yeah. You know, like they yeah. want them to, to sort of, you know, they want they want us to go and, and have a pop at them. When firstly, it's it's not a way to speak to another human being anyway, um, and secondly, it's it's just not really the the way you go about sort of. <laughs> forging any kind of relationship with a person and, and you know me, me and Alex and, and the other media as well we've we've all asked questions of you know aspects of, of decisions that Gary's made and things like that along the way um, and just because we aren't calling him names and you know calling for his head doesn't mean that we haven't sort of tried to gauge different bits from him and, and giving him a, a free ride if you know what I mean yeah well the, the, the thing is you, you often hear that the radio side of things, because that's that's the audio, that's the manner it comes into you, and and you you digest when when somebody like Andy Giddens at Radio Sheffield or Mike McCarthy, they've had the, the times when they've really put it on on Gary, and and really both of those occasions were were correctly timed uh, for for me, uh, and they were the right thing to do. I think sometimes people expect you to go in like that after every single game. They certainly don't do that on the radio, um, and and you're right. It's, you, you've got to. There are ways to time it, and I think as as reporters, you know, you know when that is. Um, ultimately, when the questions have needed to be asked, the questions have been asked, and, and we are where we are. <laughs> Excuse me today, Chris. Um, yeah, how you, you've you've been at the star for a few Wednesday managers now. How how would you sort of rank Gary Monk's sort of tenure among the rest of them? Um, uh, I, I'm hugely sympathetic towards him I must admit because I think he was I, going back to what Alex said about being brave I think he was brave enough to take a job in the first place given what he was coming into although you know at the, to be fair at that stage it was coming off the back of Steve Bruce and it, it, you know that was a, that was a hard man to replace so that, that was difficult for him from the start so he had to win people around and and he kind of garnered a reputation for being a bit spiky and a bit difficult you know before he came to Sheffield Wednesday and, and I think people probably took that on board before he'd even started and um, Listen, it's been up and down. He's had to deal with an awful lot. He's, as Alex said, he's made some very brave decisions. He's made some absolutely terrible decisions in terms of of his formation sometimes and the, and the way he set the team up and um, and perhaps relying on players who shouldn't have been relied upon on some occasions, uh, particularly towards the end of last season. But then. Actually, in a, a kind of odd way, I think that whoever comes in now 
will reap the rewards of what he has laid down certainly since probably the end of last season because I do think they had a really good summer in terms of their recruitment and I do think that he had made a big change to the culture of the club and the, the kind of the way that they the way that the fans kind of linked with the club again, which it which it drifted a little bit over the past couple of years. Um, he brought some really good players in the club. It, I, I think he rightly frozen had a couple frozen out, um, and it just basically brought a, a better from what I could see from looking on kind of just made things a little bit better just probably a little nicer a little bit um, there just seemed to be a, a, a different atmosphere about Sheffield Wednesday and but certainly before those like through those three results were the, the nadir really but but there seemed to be a an atmosphere that that looked more progressive and the, the look the look to be a togetherness in the squad and like I said, I think you're right, Chris. Uh, sorry, sorry, go on. I thought you'd finished. <laughs> yeah, no, I was. I, I, yeah, I, w- I was just going to say, like I said at the start, there. I think, I think whoever takes charge now will probably owe a debt of gratitude to to what Gary Monk has done over the past few months. Um, yeah, again, yeah. apart from the terrible results. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I think it's also people like to try and see things in a in a binary way and, and say someone was either good or they were bad. Um, and I think that there is definitely a, a situation with with Gary Monk where, as much as the results have been poor, um, and like we said before, that him eventually leaving was probably not the biggest shock in the world. But I think there has definitely been good work done that um, not just the next manager, but also the, the fan base um, should sort of look back on with with sort of some sort of sort of pride I suppose you know you look at the, the even something as basic as the, the social media output that the team have been doing um, it does it does feel like there is a better connection with the fans now and you know I, I was told you know that was very much Gary Monk that was a decision that he made it was a decision that he had a part in uh, taking on um, so all the, the nice bits of social media work all the you know bits that the club are doing it to try and connect with the fans at the minute um, that's all got Gary Monk's fingerprints on it and I think that like I say it's it's very easy to be binary but um, with, with Gary now going I think there is also reason to look back on some of the stuff that he's done and, and you know say thanks very much for that as well Alex it, it don't seem two minutes ago really before this this, this poor run of results that we've been on that we were lauding the, the quality of the squad that had been put together uh, by the end of that transfer window and and, and I'd imagine you would agree with Chris on that point that whoever comes in is going to inherit a, a pretty decent squad. Yeah, I think so. It's sort of been um, the the downfall of, of Monks Wednesday in a, in a lot of ways that with the exception of Stephen Fletcher and, and certainly since his, his injury what, on January the 4th, um, he, he hasn't been able to get the attack going. He hasn't been able to get strikers scoring goals. Um, that obviously an issue with sort of the, the main issue with the current Wednesday side so whoever comes in has got to get that going but I think I think largely he's got the tools you know if you can get Jack Marriott going he's he's a goal scorer Josh Windass has already proven 
in Wednesday colours that, that he knows where the net is. You know, is he Brown and, and Barry Bannon? Brown through injury, but, but Bannon's not hit the heights of, of of last season, you know, in terms of his, his creativity numbers and that sort of stuff. Um, and yeah, you know, the, the transfer window in general, you know, there's, there's Shea Dunkley to come in. I think we're all impressed with Aidan Flint. That's another sort of moment that, that Gary Monk found, you know, his luck wasn't there on. Um, but yeah, like you say, I, th- I think that, that transition um, he, he managed to do and, and admirably considering the position that Wednesday were in, position, you know, the, the, the financial situation that the club were in. Um, I, I don't think anyone can look back at it and say it wasn't a, an impressive transfer window. It's just that the results didn't follow, um, certainly quickly enough, you know. Um, and so, yeah, you know, it, it's a it's it's a common thing in football, isn't it, that that someone comes in off the back of someone else's, I don't know, not not mess, but but comes up back in and and the the, the building blocks that have been put in with someone else, you know, thinking uh, Ron Atkinson, if you go that far back, came in. Peter Eustace put in a, a, a sort of buffer between between him and Howard Wilkinson. Certain, I mean, the big, the big one from a Wednesday point of view, Paul Sturrock coming in and taking the side up that um, Chris Turner put together. Um, even Steve Bruce, I guess, you know, coming in and, and like I said, put, you know, Yoss put that buffer and um, between between him and Carlos. So, yeah, it's quite, it's quite often that a, a manager can come in and sort of pick up the pieces for you know from a job sort of half done, um, and, and you know Wednesday fans obviously hope that that's the case now with uh, with whoever's next in after Gary Monk. I think one thing that has got to be done, and, and I don't want to sound like Roy Keane here, but the players have got to take some responsibility as well. Um, a lot of very good, very like we said we talk about a very good squad that on occasion have let. Wednesday down as much as anybody uh, let the, the fans down the club down and, and everything with the lack of fight the, the lack of sort of backbone the way that they've so easily folded in the face of adversity we thought we'd left those days behind last season and we've seen it on occasion this season and it's why probably at this point Gary Monk's out of a job that, that these occasions have, 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 have crept up and ultimately he's not done anything about it well Really, on a lot of those occasions, it shouldn't be so much down to the manager. Uh, to, uh, to in, in that scenario, the, the players themselves, as, as professionals, play, operating at a very good level, should be able to deliver those performances themselves, and certainly deliver the basic side of things in terms of battle and fight within a game. Um, and whoever comes in needs to rely on these players to to do that on a regular basis, not just do it for a few games where everything looks like it's it's picking up and Wednesday. On, on, on the rise but only to it all come to a crashing halt with not just a defeat but an embarrassing defeat and a, a defeat with so many questions about the performance those days need to be gone and whoever comes in needs to be able to rely on these players and, and, and get Wednesday something back on the right track and get them away from this trouble because they are well they are still in very very deep trouble this season and it'll be a long time before they're not in trouble that it was always going to be the nature of it. Six points getting added onto the total or not, it was always going to be um, a difficult. It's always going to be a difficult task, and and the the squad needs to look at itself again from the moment whoever walks in through the door walks in and, and takes charge. The squad have got to 
play a big part in this uh, and, and, and sort of take care of, of so many aspects of it themselves but I suppose we ought to talk about on, on who could be next um, obviously immediately the betting market springs into action I have my own thoughts on the betting market and how valid it is at this point there could be there could well be um, things there could be sort of some substance in what how the betting market shaped up Um Chris, have you had a look at it? See early on uh, what some of the names are. I have, I have. Um, it's who you would expect, to yeah. be honest. Um, Paul Cook is the biggest favourite at the minute. Um, I think. Well, one is not working. Yeah. Two. He could make. A poo sparkle, for want yes. of a better term. Yes, and that that is that's what we're looking for here. If we're if we're honest, um, so I can see why Paul Cook would be the kind of manager that Sheffield Wednesday would be looking for. Um, outside of that, of course, Nigel Pearson comes in as usual. Um, it's a, it's a strange one with him. I. I I don't know how many times he needs to say you I don't want to work in the city that I live in. But at some point he's going to run out of clubs. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He, he's been, I'm not saying he's been around the block, but he, he he's had a fair number of teams. And he is operating at a certain level. So you know, you kind of think to yourself, well, are you going to get a club bigger than Sheffield Wednesday as a job? And and you probably could. I'd, I'd, there probably could be a Premier League team that would take a punt no, on them. I don't, I don't know. We, I guess we didn't, we didn't expect Watford to take a punt on them that, no. that time we took over. But We know um, now as well that Wednesday I, aren't that big a club according to the chairman, so... Maybe he's talked himself out of Nigel Pearson. I don't know at that point. But um, I, I, I don't know about Pearson. I, I, I don't know. But I, I would say whenever, whenever the news broke earlier and was talking to, to Joe and Alex, I, I did find it interesting that he kind of popped up. Um, I was listening to a podcast last night where you get this thing where whenever, whenever managers are, are ready to get back in the game then they'll pop up on TV or they'll be interviewed um, yeah. you've seen Pochettino was on Sky was on Monday Night Football the other week and Nigel Pearson popped up with a a wide range of interview in uh, The Guardian and I think The Athletic as well and a couple of others um, I think it was Friday and and that kind of indicates he's ready to come back to work so maybe this is it maybe, maybe it is Shiffy Wednesday who knows? Um, all the other contenders that we've seen around, Lee Johnson, I think I, I like Lee Johnson. I think he's a very good manager. Um, he, he's, he's really unlucky. For, well, I, can't, yeah, I don't think he can be unlucky that many years, but he just he was never able to quite take them that extra step up. You know, very rarely were, were Bristol City down anywhere near even mid-table. More often than that, well, they may have fallen that far down towards the end, but they were they were challenging. More often than not, under him, 
Um, and it, but he was like I say, he's never able to take him taking that next step up. But I I I think I would like to see Lee Johnson if I'm if I'm honest. Paul Cook and Lee Johnson would be my two picks if Pearson doesn't want to poo in his own nest, <laughs> as he as he keeps saying. Um, but there are a few others there. Uh, Eddie Howe has been mentioned just because he's out of work, probably. I can't see that one. Um, Tony Pulis, again, similar reasons. Tony Pulis would probably do a good job. If he, uh, to be fair, would Wednesday fans, if Chancellor went to Pulis and said, can you give me a year to sort this out? And Pulis said, yeah, let, let me have a year and I'll do would Wednesday fans be okay with that? Because it's not as if a football's been anything worth writing home about at the minute. And if, if Pulis was just going to come in, sort them out, make them hard to beat, steal off relegation, and then let somebody else come and start afresh next year, then either that wouldn't be the worst idea in the world, would it, really? It's the Neil Warnock button, isn't it? In a way. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, it's probably a shame Warnock's working now. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have permission to call this episode Make a Poo Sparkle? (laughs) (laughs) I think we've got to the point where people have probably accept Warnock in in greater numbers. Uh, I don't know, I might have read the room wrong there. Um, Alex, what do you you think in terms of what type of manager should come in next? Yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? You look at sort of the squad that he's, he's put together that you know, it became a bit of a, a running joke in some quarters about this young, hungry, dynamic thing in the direction he was trying to take the squad in. Would that suit maybe, a, you know, Lee Johnson? Paul Cook's had young squads before. Uh, you know, the names. Yeah, another one worth putting in there, I think, is Ryan Lowe. It would be a bold one. Um, you know, it would be a big, big step up from the jobs that he's had. But in terms of young managers in in the, the, the football league... Um, you know there aren't many hotter properties maybe or, or you know with more potential than, than Low and what he's done he's obviously a, a bit of a cult hero at Wednesday and he said he told us at the star earlier in the year that um, you know it's a it's a job that he's got his eye in you know <laughs> essentially I think he might um, have made a big impression on you in that interview Alex and he, he just you know he's just a nice chap you know, he's just a friendly chap. I, I, I like um, him as well. I can see, I can see him being like a police. He's, he's got that kind of scouse, very grounded scrapper charm about him. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he's a scrapper, and I think Lee Johnson would have that as well. Pulis would obviously have that. It's all the same names. I think Eddie Howe's probably a long shot. I think he's probably, you know, be waiting for something higher up. Uh, I can tell you one person it won't be um, who. Um, I, I got a, a tweet asking if Rafa Benitez was going to be in the running um, so I, I don't think it'll be Benitez also probably not Jurgen Klopp or, or Pep Guardiola um, well Chris mentioned yeah, he'll be, not being keen to get back into work so. uh, yeah <laughs> he's, he's obviously looking for work um, but yeah it'll be interesting we'll sort of obviously we'll follow it over the next few days for, you know, for all we know really Ch- chance series you know got someone lined up and, and that would probably hint towards someone that's that's not in a job and, and like Chris says, you know, Nigel Pearson has effectively been putting himself in the in the shop window. But um yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. I think Danny Cowley's probably one again that I'd say is a bit of an outsider. You know, we know that he spoke to 
uh, Chancery in the club in the run up for the uh, for the the monk uh, appointment and um, from what I gather those those conversations didn't go terribly well put it that way um, I don't think either party was was very impressed with the other so um, yeah I say that Danny Cowley sort of in, in short numbers I think something would have to change quite dramatically for that one to come off Joe well, I, f- I find that I find that a bit interesting actually the Cowley one and, and you, you're absolutely right when you said Alex about the how each each of them thought of the other um, but I kind of feel like, and, and I did this, and although I did put the contenders out there, I put 10 names out, and there were a couple of kind of tongue-in-cheek ones, if I'm, if I'm honest. But the Danny Cowley one, I'd written in that, that I felt that, is Danny Cowley going to get a bigger job than Sheffield Wednesday now? Absolutely not. His, his star has dimmed over the past year or so since, since he left Lincoln City, really. And um, he may have to swallow his pride if he was to go if he wants to get a job, you know, as big as, with a, a club as big as Sheffield Wednesday. Um, and again, Chan, that that might change Chancery's opinion of him as well if he was to kind of toe the line a little bit more. I, I might be absolutely wrong in, in that, and, and that both of them think. There's no chance I'm going back there, but I, I just kind of feel that circumstances have changed since since Danny had, had been interested in the job before. I will tell you another name that um, I know spoke to the club last time around. That's Slavisa Jukanovic. Is he is he in work now? I'm just going to Google it. Jukanovic. No, he's if at the right in Qatar. Yeah, if I remember right now, well, that that actually that that rings true because he was looking for an absolute fortune the last time, yeah. which which puts Chancery off. And if he's working in Qatar, then that's exactly what he's about. <laughs> Joe, what do you what are your thoughts on uh, on the whole thing in terms of people potentially coming in? Yeah, look, it depends which which route you want to go, doesn't it? I mean, he. He's obviously he, he came in and he, he took a foreign manager with with Carlos and um, did the same with Yoss and then he went then he went British and you know maybe after his um, what, uh, what's the best way to describe his, his termination with Steve Bruce after his comments the other day after his uh, experience with Steve Bruce and then obviously getting rid of Gary Monk now maybe he's thinking going foreign again. Uh, he might he might even go look in Hollywood. I know obviously Rafa Benitez is is preoccupied in China, um, but you know that sort of big name manager who he's hoping can possibly be a bit uh, awe inspiring for the players who can you know possibly even help in recruitment in January. That might be a route he wants to take. But you know for me that they could do a hell of a lot a hell of a lot worse than Paul Cook. Um, you know, I, I was looking and his his ratio is pretty good. You know, he's obviously been at a, a few clubs with obviously most most recently Wickham, um, and I think he, he earned a lot of plaudits for the way that his his Wickham team went about the business, especially towards the end of last season. Um, and I, I think there was a lot of parallels drawn with Wednesday. Obviously, both in a situation where we had a points deduction hanging over us, and they they obviously their points. Production end up taking them down, but 
they the fight that they, that team showed and the fact that he managed to get so much out of them uh, in the situation that they are you know that they were in is there was a lot of like I say a lot of parallels drawn with that um, obviously as a Wednesday I I would love nothing more than seeing Nigel Pearson in there but I do get what he's saying in terms of if he comes in and it doesn't work out it, it does sort of dim his star you know he's a he's a hero at Wednesday there's so many players who are you know so, sorry, so many fans at the club who have looked up to him over the years and um, I, I'm sure there is a large part of him that just doesn't want to sully that he doesn't want to ruin it for himself and you know the fact it's that not even it's not even just that you it's not even just that. You don't want to get sick every he's... every week when he goes to the shop. No, that's that's it. I I would often see him in Encliffe Park, just merrily going along on his bike. And the last thing he wants is to be accosted by the likes of me in the playground. Even even if it's positive as well, I suppose, isn't it? Because it's not just the negatives there. That is, you know, when you're yeah, that's, living that's in a place and you're, that's the you're thing. so well you, known. You can tell he's absolutely in a world of his own, just on his bike, just merrily going around, not a care in the world. I, you know, I, I, I can understand that. That 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 it's completely understandable that he would want. And you don't want to be asked to why be able to, here in Westwood. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I can remember seeing him, meeting him years and years ago, maybe coming up for twenty years ago. I think he were at Shrewsbury at the time and saying. Do you fancy coming and taking the job on? Um, and and even back then, he was saying no chance, no chance at all. And that's when he were he, he'd not become anything like the manager that he then he went on to become. So I think that's uh, been in his mind. I think we've just lost uh, Alex there. Uh, hope he's not fell asleep. But it is a late hour. Um, eleven percent so, died out. Yes, I think it did in the end. Did in the end. So yeah, probably. Uh, a good place to, to wrap it up um, a very eventful evening um, and we've had a few of them over the last uh, few weeks but this one uh, unexpected but make sure you stick with the star all the way through this for all the analysis of, of what's happened this evening the uh, the sacking of Gary Monk and whatever comes next the process of appointing a new manager and then the new manager come in. Of course, lads, we're, going to, we're, we're facing the prospect of a, an unveiling press conference done virtually, which uh, is oh, yes. will be a, certainly be a new one. Certainly be a new one. I this think is I'm, absolutely nothing like I envisaged my um, life as the new Sheffield Wednesday <laughs> reporter going. Like not one part of this process has been how I expected it to go. Well, you've at least been very quickly introduced to uh, the bizarre timing of announcements that comes with uh, Sheffield Wednesday and probably even more to come over the next few days and weeks. Remember, yeah, you're waiting for like a, I was going to say at five o'clock in the morning, just saying to the point of the new manager, everyone's asleep. Yeah. I can remember Yoss yeah. being appointed about 11 o'clock on a Friday night. It was, it was, I was just about to bring that one up. It was, it was literally 11 o'clock because we nearly didn't make the deadline for the paper. Yeah, I, I drew, I was working myself that night and I drew up two, two versions of uh, about three or four different pages. One, if it was appointed, one if he hadn't been. Uh, yeah, thank God the fellow we got that one uh, in print. But yes, fun and games to come in the, uh, in the coming days. Thank you very much for, for joining me at this late hour gents uh, and as I say stick with the star.co.uk for all the best analysis of Gary Monk's tenure his sacking 
then looking ahead to uh, to the next appointment and everything beyond that. Why not take out a subscription uh, to get unlimited access to all the quality work put out by our Wednesday writers and our United writers too, if you're remotely interested in that. It's forty nine ninety five for a year of unlimited access to all the sports uh, copy that we uh, that we put together and a streamlined version of the website too. So stick with us. Uh, on uh, on that one and, and consider a subscription for now thank you very much if you're listening to this on our podcast channel we do do a version a daily version there's the Star Hours Daily um, which is up every evening uh, every weekday evening where we go through the the day's Wednesday news um, and uh, go a bit more in depth on it uh, be well worth listening to that each day over the coming days as we go towards the, uh, the next manager arriving but for now Thanks very much. Take care. And we'll speak to you again very, very soon. Thanks a lot.